Hello, and you're very welcome to Mind You, where I dive into how different people use different ways to self-care. I'm Brian Barnes from Brian Barnes Wellbeing, where I partner with people to create unique wellbeing solutions. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Belinda Murphy. Belinda has a huge passion for serving and minding others through her work as a Reiki master and mindfulness teacher and through her work in her companies Belinda Murphy Wellness and Belinda the Butterfly for kids. So Belinda, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. It's lovely to be here, Brian. Thank you for asking me. Thanks, Belinda. You're so welcome. And Belinda, can you start off by telling me, please, a little bit about yourself and how you got to here? Yeah, um, so very long story. But if I was to break it down, um, I suppose I was the girl who always followed the rules. I was the good girl in school, put the head down, minded my books. I felt like I did everything by the rules in that I went to college, got my education, got a good job, met somebody who asked me out and married him, um, mortgaged, you know, two kids, da, 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 equals not happy. And that's the bit that really threw me in my early 30s. I, um, I felt, well, I, I reached rock bottom, I was bawling myself to sleep every night um knew I had to get out I felt stuck I felt trapped I felt very afraid um for me and for my two kids and um I had nothing I had no tools I had nothing I had yeah fabulous education plenty experience in the business world um and to the outside world looked like I had it all but behind the front door and inside the door of my heart I was broken I was um, empty, no clue. Um, I knew I knew nothing. And, you know, I've got comfort from that as I got older in that knowing that you know nothing is actually a really good starting point because everything's up for grabs, like everything. Um, And everything was up for grabs. So I questioned everything. I became, um, I, I stopped, I paused, I reflected um, and I started, I suppose the, the words that came to me was, I deserve better. And I didn't justify that. Why? For once in my life, I always felt I didn't deserve. But in that moment, I felt, you know what, I actually deserve better. And it became a mantra that I started to believe. And the more I believed that I deserved better, um, like all these mad um, synchronicities and people are coming into my life that I normally <clears throat> would have no access to or had no clue, um, I, I suppose, even health, holistic health, um, Reiki. I had no, this was not in my language. We're going back 12 years at this stage, 12, 13 years. So, um, and it wasn't Norman parlance either. You know what I mean? It wasn't what, um, Reiki was not that well known 13 years ago. So um, I started exploring because, as I said, everything was up for grabs. I was like, OK, I'm open. It was the first time I actually felt, you know what, what I've done has not worked. <laughs> Therefore, um, everything has to change. I have to change. I have to look at things differently. So that's when I discovered a whole world of um, health, well-being, um, call it what you want. And I started to use myself as the case study. 
So I became my own therapist in that sense. And I used everything that I was learning on my two little boys. They were small. They were very young. Um, and I went through a marriage separation. I went through plenty stuff in the courts uh, to test me, to test my resilience, to test my uh, stamina, my, um, I suppose, uh, like that inner strength. And the more I, I went through it, the more um, I realized, you know what, uh, these tools, these techniques, they're really cool. They really work. Um, but they're me. And I wanted to share them with everyone, um, adults and kids. And I became more passionate about um, teaching in a way that it was um, to make it more relevant, if you know what I mean, because I've been through the whole education system. I have three kids and they're going through the education system and it just doesn't have a space for teaching um, emotional intelligence, social intelligence, like the stuff that gets you through life, stuff that we um, we need in our back pocket when we go through those dark places or when we reach a place where we know we know nothing. Um, it would have been lovely to have some tools, but I didn't. So then when I did find them, I became absolutely passionate um, about sharing them. So that's how I've reached this place, if that answers your question, <laughs> in a long-winded kind of way. Wow. Belinda, that is an amazing story. I love it. And what a journey. What a journey you've been on. Um, and thank you for sharing that with me. And Belinda, diving deeper into how you mind others. As I said, you have your company, Belinda Murphy Wellness, mm -hmm. and Bella the Butterfly for Kids. You're a Reiki master, mindfulness teacher, amongst lots of other things. Like, Day to day, when you start off with someone coming to you, whether it be an adult or, or, or a kid, where do you start off with them? Um, I get to know them. I get to um, know what's behind the eyes. <laughs> I don't look at the outside. I look at the inside. Um, so for some people, it might be I will sit down and we will. Maybe it's a coaching session. Maybe it's a one to one session or maybe it's a group of a class to learn tools to look after your well-being. So maybe it's Reiki. Maybe it's um, I also teach uh, well-being um, in schools. So it might be that. So it might be. But then when you do that, you do it for the teachers and the principal as well. If you know what I mean, there's a ripple effect. Um, the Bella the Butterfly is um it's looking like, well, I've already published uh, a book and the second one is nearly ready to go. And it's sharing those tools and techniques and those holistic um, insights um, that I believe should be on the curriculum, that I believe are, um, but maybe not on the um, traditional curriculum. They're on my curriculum, if you know what I mean, that they're brought into the household. They're a book that you read at bedtime to the kids to tell them about their chakras, to tell them about the different hand positions in Reiki to explain to them about their energy systems, how it works and um, how to balance them for themselves. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I, I host retreats as well for adults. So the work I do for adults is under Belinda Murphy Wellness and the stuff I do for kids is under Bella the Butterfly. Um, yeah, so it looks like lots of different things. And let's say, you know, um, in relation to those skills you're talking about as in kind of mindfulness and self-care, like, you know, like what would be some of the kind of golden nuggets that you try and share with, with people? Um, you know, I can list off self-care um, ideas and I can list off what mindfulness is, but I think we've got to go back to um, why, why we practice self-care and why we should. And it comes down to 
um, this thing I have is this theory I have that when you wake up in the morning, you live each day like it's your first and your last. And what I mean by that is that anybody that has a small child, the wonder and awe that they have passing a snail on the footpath, like every blade of grass has got to be admired. Um, they stop and they look at the rain, they stick out their hands and they feel it. There is a wonder and awe about living each day like it's your first, like you're experiencing something for the first time. And we've got to um, have that level of wonder if we have if we want to live, live presently in the moment mindfully. Like that's that's mindful living. Um, and then we have to live each day like it's our last. Like what if today was our last day? We're, we're not guaranteed the next breath, you know, let alone the next day. And we go on thinking like it's um, like we are. But what if we were to live today and to leave an impact every single day with the people that we interact with, we engage with um, in the work that we do in even if it's, I don't know, ironing the shirt or going down to the shop or whatever it is. That you live that day like it's your last day and what will people say about your last day here on this earth and it's about bringing that level of awareness and mindfulness um to the way you live so for me self-care and mindfulness has got to incorporate that kind of an attitude you know we can tick the box and say well i did my self-care today and i did this 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 that's grand but why like if you did it from a place of having to do it Oh, I have to do it. You know, it's different than if you if you um, do your self-care from a place of I've got this spark in me and this spark in me is alive today. And I am truly grateful to be walking, breathing alive on this planet today. So therefore, I'm doing my self-care because of this spark, because I'm honoring the spark in me today. And off I go and I go for a walk or whatever it is. But if I do it from a place of, God, I better get the walking now <laughs> before I do something else. It's like it's like a treadmill. It's like life is still um, it's still a competition. It's still on a time scale where if you do the, the self-care or the mindfulness practice from a place of true gratitude um, for just being here, for just living, for just breathing and a, a simple wonder at that. It's a very different place that you come at it from. Absolutely. And I suppose, you know, that image of being on the hamster wheel, Belinda, yeah. that, you know, we've been trained to be on, you know, like society, culture and society and, you know, ever since the Industrial Revolution, like we've been trained to be on this hamster wheel. And, you know, if you put self-care down on the to-do lists, as yeah. like that spark that you talk about, you're, 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 pretty, you're, on, you're, you're pretty much putting that spark out if, you, if it's just... A tick box or yeah. um you know like part of that kind of to-do list so to see yourself as that spark and you know that means having self-love self-compassion self-kindness which again we're, we're not as you said about schools like we're not taught to do that are we no and i mean i read something very interesting this morning so we have our um iq our intelligent quotient which is, I suppose, the main focus of the education system, reading, writing, math, whatever it is that you do. And it's it's the main focus. But we have all these other aspects to our being. We've got our emotional quotient, which, yeah, they're getting a little bit better at by introducing certain kind of mindfulness classes or well-being classes, but probably only because they have to. Let's put it like that. 
Whereas when you bring that level of empathy into the classroom and teach it and teach it in a way that um, the kids get, you're helping them see that this is how, you know, you bring it into the real life workplace. You know, somebody who holds the door open for somebody or remembers to get somebody their coffee in the morning will actually get further in that workplace rather than what's between their two ears with an intelligence. There's only so much, there's only so far you can get with that intelligence quotient. There's a whole other aspect then, the social quotient, which is how you interact with people and how you, um, I suppose, engage with them in a network uh, within a family environment or a friend's environment, but equally in a work environment. We're not taught that. Um, it's kind of um, you either have it or you don't kind of a thing and tough luck. Whereas it's not nurtured. We're not um, in school. We're not. We can have little groups. And, and the more kind of work groups we have, the more we, we learn the whole, um, I suppose, forming and norming of groups and everything. That's super important because that's the way the workplace works. But that's not really taught, if you know what I mean. And the other aspect then that I learned today, here's a new one for me. And anyway, I don't know about you, is adversity quotient, AQ. So it's about, um, I don't know if you know the, the Rocky movie. Um, my kids got into Rocky there a few years ago. Um, he said something yeah, like, I love Rocky. yeah, there's a quote and I'm trying to remember. It's something like, it's not about how many times you get punched. It's about the amount of times that you get up and get punched again kind yeah. of thing. So that's the whole adversity thing that no matter what life throws at you, no matter how difficult it is or how much chaos we're going through, that we still get back up. We still get up in the morning. We still... Uh, have our breakfast we still get the kids out the door we still put on the dinner in the evening you're still doing it and that whole adversity and resilience that's not taught to kids and it's not even celebrated because for the last two years we've all gone through a pandemic but we've all come through it if we're listening to this now we've come through it whatever way we look now compared to two years ago we should celebrate the fact that we've actually come come through adversity um and it's that whole warrior spirit of engaging in that spark. And no matter how much it's punched or bet, it's like it's still alive and it's still burning. And we still hold that level of um, honor for it by practicing self-care and teaching that to kids for me is um, it should be a priority. Absolutely. Because yeah, I have three kids myself and they're almost 13 11 and 8 mm -hmm. and like that um i do a lot of kind of you know let's say kind of gratitude and you know um even just last night we were talking uh, my eldest daughter who's nearly 13 her best friend in school her her dad died suddenly like a couple of days ago so we were talking about that last night and just talking about saying a prayer for yeah. you know and we're not overly religious but like just kind of keeping them in mind sending them love you know, um, and then I got them and we were sitting around and I said, right, let's pick five things that we're grateful for each other. So we each said five things about each other, you know, so like, and yeah. then we, we kind of, you know, like we, we said, well, okay, what, what are some of the things we could maybe improve on a little bit? And, you know, there was lots of kind of like, you know, like more, just being kind and being considerate and, you know, so like, again, it's just to have that open conversation because I tell you, I there was no conversation like that when I was I like, know, I know. Do you know what I mean? So I, I suppose, and even though I know I've done all the research on mindfulness and gratitude and self-care and mental health as you said it's actually sitting down and doing it with your kids yeah. and you know and because you're and you're not used to it because again like there's you know not many families have these conversations so it's kind of bringing it in 
in kind of, you know, in day to day kind of, you know, chats and yeah, it's the um, being it, it's it's the practicing being. and being it and being it in the environment of the family or in the environment of the home you know, through daily chores that are chores. And if it's putting the kids to bed when they're upset, that's the first, that's an absolute place that you should bring it in. And that whole gratitude thing, um, I was I did that with the boys for years. It's a lovely thing to do. We used to do, uh, what was your favourite part of the day? Um, yeah. Because um, it was just the way that they'd, I suppose, reprogram the thoughts um, and convert them to positive ones. But I have a little five-year-old at the moment. You talk about me being mindful. Anytime I say to her, so... What are you grateful for today? What's your favorite part of the day? She always says, no. <laughs> and I love it. And I could wow. be just, and it's, yeah. And it's like, all right. Do you not remember when Nana gave you sweets earlier? And she does remember it. But her most favorite part, she'll always say, no. <laughs> and that's wow. all we have. Like, that is very, that is very so cool. zen. It's that so is very cool. zen. It's it like, is so like, cool. Like right now, not yeah. getting the sweets, not yeah. getting the sweets tomorrow. And that's, now. and that's the thing. And it's just kids, kids have it. And we, yeah. we, um, we kind of educate it out of them, if you know what I mean, in an environment where that's not nurtured. So if it's not nurtured, it's kind of the opposite. It's kind of not made priority. So then it's up to what goes on inside the home. And I think it's very important that we have these conversations. And you spoke there about your your eldest and the whole conversation around grief. Yeah. Um, I, I probably that will not be dealt with in a school environment. So at home, it's very important to have those conversations. And as an adult and a parent, you've got to be okay with having those conversations too. So yeah. it's about bringing your level of awareness and it's and comfort, but um, and discussion. And the next book I do with Bella the Butterfly is all around that whole area of what happens afterwards, because I've had those conversations. I've been the child awake at night when I was small. <gasps> what will happen when we die? What will happen? And I was so fearful and I lost so much sleep. I was a total empath um, that when I had my kids and they asked me, I was in a much better place as an adult who... Um, has a more spiritual connection that I was able to explain to them in their language. And I think it's so important for kids to um, have that conversation as an open conversation. Like, let's talk about it, not let's be fearful, you know, and it's nothing to do with religion. It's like, let's talk, let, let's get it out there. Yeah. And just to be open and just to be able to have that conversation yeah. and, you know, just for everyone to be, um, to be honest. And yes. again, we have to kind of role model that like to our yeah. kids. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. And Belinda, let's say Reiki. Um, I've had, you know, I've had Reiki in the past and I love hearing kind of, let's say a success story from Reiki. So could you share with us a, a recent story, uh, you know, from working with someone like that you saw, uh, you know, a, a kind of a, a, a really good result um i that is a very hard question because success can look like different things for different people um and here's something that i teach that if i was to tell you about somebody who had a sickness or an illness and had like two three sessions of reiki and they got better would you consider that a success if i was to tell you of somebody who had an illness and had two three sessions of reiki and died would you consider that not successful the thing about reiki the thing about any sort of therapy um 
is that I always say three things have to be present. So first of all, the person who's doing the treatment has got to be present and very um, in, in the moment, doing their very best with best intentions, with no judgment for the person who comes to them. The person who is receiving the treatment, so the client, has got to want to get better. And that's a very strange concept to grasp because sometimes, no matter what you think in your head, some people don't like getting better. It is their story they tell themselves that they they like being sick and they like the the attention, the um, the victim mode. So no matter how many times they book a session and pay for it, they actually just want to keep coming back. And the third thing for um, somebody to get better, let's put it in that kind of terms, is it's got to be what's meant to be. Um, and that's a very hard thing for human beings to grasp because sometimes um, people are supposed to die because of that illness. They are supposed to pass over um, with that illness or sickness or disease in the hands, perhaps, or maybe it's that person who's delivering the treatment. So it could be a Reiki person. It could be somebody else who's doing a therapy because they've all got to learn from each other. So for me, success is not somebody who was sick receives treatment and gets better. That's not success. Success for me is what we all learn as we're going through the, the journey of life um, because none of us get out of this alive. Um, and it's about um, either the therapist or the client understanding what they've got to learn about being here, about being sick, about not being sick, about having interactions with certain people. And the sooner we start taking um, ownership of our own journeys, and by that I mean each one of us has a purpose, we've got a reason, we've got a place, we've got, um, we've got a lot to learn. And the sooner we stop blaming others and handing over our wellness or our getting betterness to other people, the sooner we will get better. So we have to actually... Um, heal ourselves first we've got to honor the space where we kind of want to rise above it or maybe it's not supposed to happen that won't answer your question but for me for me success is not black and white and it's not before you know the before and after pictures that's not what success is to me i'm a bit weird like that i don't do the traditional kind of um here's the before picture here's the testimonial here's the after that's not the way i work Absolutely, because it's, it's like I love that because it's about the journey, not the yeah. destination. And there's a lesson in everything. Like Absolutely. you know, I've told you before, I had I had COVID last year, and um, I was very ill. And you know, I, I saw it. I started to see it as a curse, and then I suppose I began to see it as a blessing because what came out of it was this podcast and looking at self care yeah. and just getting my you know, my priorities in order and taking a good look at you know like let's say my life and things that i do and things that i don't do and you know like again taking the lesson from it and i suppose that's the that's the that's the goal dust is to take the lesson from everything you know it's not about black or white it's about taking the lesson and as you said there and i talk about you know healing from the inside out and Mm -hmm. that kind of self-care and self-love it has to start from the inside isn't it Absolutely. Yeah. It's that spark I keep talking about. You've got, you've got to love exactly. your own spark. You actually do. And you've got to honor it and be grateful that you have it and dust it off. Give it a good 
dusting off and um, expose it to the light, expose it to the air and like love it, like love that spark. Um, you've got to. If you don't, nobody else will do it for you. So you've got to do it for yourself. Yeah, and to cherish it and to mind it yeah. and to be grateful for it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Belinda, thank you so much for sharing that with me and the amazing work that you do. And can you tell me now how you mind you? <laughs> so um, if I was to say that um, pre-COVID, I was good. But the blessing that has come out of COVID for me is my whole area of self-care and how much I value it and how much I actually... Um, set time aside absolutely every single day to look after myself um, and I'm not giving it up I've been kind of um, boundaries have got pushed since we were kind of coming out of COVID and you know there's places to go there's people to meet and stuff like that but um, I'm there's certain things I'm not compromising on and the main one is self-care for myself um, and boundaries as well so boundaries for me is part of self-care like who you let into your life um I only want to do what I want to do, what I absolutely love to do. Um, I Every morning I move. So some mornings it's a walk, some days it's a hike, some days it's the gym session. It's up to an hour every single morning and I'm not giving that up. Um, I do my Reiki every single night on myself. That's how I put myself to sleep every night. If I wake in the middle of the night to go to the toilet, I do my Reiki back to sleep. So I at least get possibly an hour, hour and a half every day of Reiki on myself. That's the staple, like at either end of the day. The bits in between then are all about uh, diet, nutrition, um, loving my spark, doing what I love to do. Um, that whole thing of being in wonder and awe, stopping when I see a rainbow. I'm a totally like I'll stop the car. I will stare at the sun. I will take pictures of orbs. Um, I'm truly blessed to live every day. So um, that whole self-care piece, it looks like different things every day. Um, boundaries, good food, good people. Um, you know, I do yoga on a Thursday. It's just different things. Um, I like music on in the background, but it's you have to do what you love. And what works for me doesn't work for somebody else. Like some yeah. people might like baking and cooking. I don't. <laughs> that will not do it for me. So I know what it is that I love to do. But I, I've put time aside at the beginning and the end of each day. And that's kind of my space where I give thanks and gratitude as well for the day or even before it starts. I'm like, OK, I have the day planned. However, I've plenty of room for magic to happen. So I kind of make a little wish kind of going. So whatever magic wants to happen, I'm open to it. So um, and I do that during my morning session or afternoon session. You know, you, you can plan away, but you've got to make room for the, the spark to play with magic as well. Absolutely. And I love the idea of, again, minding your spark and keeping it kind of glowing and being grateful for it. And that kind of sense of magic that, you know, like I think Walt Disney said, if you don't believe in magic, it'll yeah, never, never happen. Exactly. exactly. So it's just having that belief and again, having that kind of sense of wonder and awe and excitement. I love that, Belinda. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing that with me. And where can people find you? So I'm on Facebook and Instagram with both businesses. So it's at Bella, the butterfly love, or you can find me at Belinda Murphy Wellness. And your website is? Um, Bella, the butterfly.ie or Belinda Murphy.com, I think. Sorry. <laughs> 
okay, good. Have a look at Google, yeah. I'll put, I'll put a link to those um, <laughs> links on the podcast and that's where people can find you. And Belinda, thank you so much for sharing with me, again, like your, that amazing journey and that toolkit that you have, you know, and how you help so many people. And again, for just reminding me about that spark that we all have that we need to nurture and it's easy to forget but you know just yeah. to kind of constantly remind yourself of you know like minding your spark and minding that sense of magic so best of luck with everything that you do in the future thank you so much it was a pleasure thank you brian thank you so much for listening to mind you I hope you've learned about the benefits of holistic self-care. Please like, subscribe and follow Mind You Podcast wherever you listen to it. And please share it so we can keep the ripple effect of holistic self-care going out to the world. You can find me and Mind You at brianbarneswellbeing.com.